Our official reading this morning, our first scripture, comes to us from 1 John chapter 2. My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this we may be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commandments, is a liar. And in such a person the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person the love of God has reached perfection. By this, we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the reading of the gospel. The second reading for today is from the gospel according to John, chapter 1, beginning with the 29th verse. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the Son of God. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace to each of you uh, this morning. Uh, Friends, we are uh, beginning a new sermon series and church-wide book study today on Gary Moon's Apprenticeship with Jesus. I hope you have a copy. If you don't, you've got time to, to do this. 
And so uh, today's sermon will be more or less a a general introduction to the theme of the book that we're all going to be reading together as a congregation, this theme of apprenticeship with Jesus. Now, I was thinking, I suspect if I polled the church and asked the Christians uh, that I'm polling, what does it mean to be a Christian? I suspect the majority of the responses would be something like this. It would be, well, to be a Christian means to believe in Jesus, or it is to follow Jesus, or to study the Scriptures, or to be with the people of God in worship. All of that is absolutely true. And yet, when you begin to study the pages of the New Testament you begin to notice that what it means to be a Christian is so much deeper and so much more comprehensive than just believing or even following Jesus. The New Testament over and over again just absolutely insists, and this is really the argument of the book that we're reading, the New Testament insists that to be a Christian means to participate fully in the very life of Jesus Christ. To be a Christian is to share fully in the very life of Jesus. It means to assimilate. The book will talk about transfuse, and Jesus wants to transfuse his life in you. It is to assimilate the very life of Jesus, his mind, his ways, his, his being in the world, until all of us can say, along with St. Paul, it is no longer I who live. It is Christ who lives in me. That's what it really means, according to the, to the New Testament, to be a Christian. That's why I, uh, I want us to notice something in our first reading from the first letter of John, not the Gospel of John. Now look at this with me especially the last verse that we printed for you, verse 6 in 1 John chapter 2. Listen to how 1 John describes it. Listen to what he says. Whoever says, I abide in him. We could say, whoever says, I believe in Jesus. Whoever says, I am a Christian. Listen. Ought to walk just as Jesus walked. Some translations put it, ought to live just as Jesus lived. I want you to notice that John does not separate belief in Jesus as a kind of intellectual ascent from living his very life in this world. They they go together. We are to live his very life among us. And of course, how do we make our own lives an expression of Jesus' life? Well, you apprentice with him. And that's really what we're going to be talking about for the next few Sundays. Apprentice. Uh, You know, according to the book, it's a very lost practice for most of us. It would not have been lost to the ancient world and way, really, up through the Middle Ages and beyond. This idea of apprenticing was very commonplace. You know, a young man or a young woman would practically live with a master artisan or craftsman or a rabbi or a philosopher And begin to just imitate the life, the lifestyle of the master 
until the apprentice begins to appropriate to him or herself the very ways, the very skills, the very moves of the master under whom they are training, living the master's life for themselves and imitating what the master is doing. You know, I'm sure some of you are already thinking about this. Our modern-day equivalent would be like a medical resident. For some of you doctors out there, you remember this? It's like a medical resident. You know, a medical resident, someone who practically lives in the hospital and, and works under the doctors and the surgeons and watches how the doctors and the surgeons and the nurses do their work, how they interact with the patients, how the surgeon does the surgery, and then the resident begins to just assimilate to him or herself what the doctors and the surgeons are doing so that they can themselves be like the doctors and the surgeons. I mean, it's just as a personal example. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher, but I mean, goodness, I did not just roll out of bed one day and say, I'm a preacher, I shall preach. No. And every first appointment of every clergy, we always pray <laughs> and thank God for the mercy of the first people who had to hear our sermons. I mean, I subjected my first church to some torture on some Sundays. How did I learn to preach? Well, the same way Kevin learned how to play an instrument. I mean, I I had to spend a lot of time listening, watching really great preachers preach. And then I began to just notice their style, their moves, their presentation, and then I began to imitate what they were doing. I didn't copycat because that's awkward. I didn't copycat them, but I began to imitate them. And then eventually I honed my own skills and then became the preacher that I am. That's kind of like what we're trying to do with Jesus as his apprentices. That brings me to the gospel reading for the day. And uh, I think John really helps us understand this idea of apprenticing with Jesus. So John's gospel says that uh, uh, John the Baptist, he points two disciples, Andrew and Simon Peter, in the direction of Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. That's who John is. He points to Jesus. And so Andrew and Simon, they approach the Lord, and when they come to Jesus, what, what does the Lord say? He says, what are you looking for? Which is a great question. And then the disciples say, where are you staying? And then Jesus responds, come and see. Now I want you to notice the question that the disciples asked. Notice they did not ask, where are you going? What do you believe about the Torah? Tell me your philosophy and what you understand the Torah to be teaching. No, what did they say? Where are you staying? In other words, what the disciples are requesting is, Jesus, help us immerse ourselves into your very manner of life. We want to stay with you. We want to live with you. Imitate who you are. In other words, what the disciples are really asking here is, we want to be your apprentices. Can we stay with you? And of course, you know, for the next three years, the disciples lived with Jesus. And they imitated who he was, his ways, until they learned how to be like Christ during their own preaching ministry and mission. You know, I heard a story uh, some time ago about one of the great theologians of the church. His name is Origen of Alexandria. Origen with an E, not O-R-I-G-I-N, like a starting point, but Origen with an E. There was a new convert to Christianity centuries ago. 
And this new convert comes to Origen, the great teacher, and says, help me understand the Christian doctrine. And then Origen has a beautiful response. He says, why don't you come live with us for a while, and then you'll understand our doctrine. Isn't that good? In other words, it's only when you and I began to live Christ's very manner of life that the very beliefs of the church, the Trinity, the incarnation, baptism, grace, it's only when you and I really try to learn to live as Christ lived that these great doctrines begin to become somewhat understandable to us. It's through our very manner of life. Now, let me just say this real quick before I close things up. You know, when, I, when we talk about imitating Jesus, <laughs> I feel like I have to say this. We don't mean, you know, become like a carpenter. And everybody needs to wear sandals and, you know, speak Hebrew. <laughs> when the Scriptures talk about apprenticing with Jesus, what they're meaning is that you and I, we want to learn the contours of Jesus' own life how he thought, how he looked at things, how he looked at people, how he, how he forgave, how he exercised his mercy. That's what we're trying to imitate and assimilate to our very selves. If we say we are believers, if we say we abide in him, First John says, then we must live just as Jesus lived. There's no separation Okay, last couple of things I'll just say uh, to us uh, are these. Uh, if you're going to apprentice with someone, there are two ingredients you need to do. There are actually about five, and I'm gonna, only going to talk about two. Here it is, the first one. If you and I are really serious about apprenticing with the Master Jesus, then the first thing it's going to require of you and me is Commitment. You got to do it. You have got to make a firm resolution. Just like an apprentice would have in the ancient world when learning from a great teacher, I am going to learn from this master no matter what happens, whether it's good times, whether it's bad times, whether it's boring times, exciting or unexciting. All apprentices make a firm commitment to learn the ways of the master. And if you and I are going to be apprentices to Jesus, all of us have to make our own commitment. We've got to do this, a decision that we are going to learn. I was thinking this week of Howard Thurman. You ever heard of Howard Thurman? One of the great uh, theologians of the last century. He was actually a mentor to Martin Luther King Jr., whose birthday we are going to commemorate tomorrow. Howard Thurman said something beautiful once. He talked about how, you know, you go out into existence itself. You walk outside, there's all this energy in creation. It's everywhere. It's always ebbing and flowing. It's just going through us. And he says, how do you and I harness all of this energy around us? He says, you commit. And he says, when you commit to something, all of a sudden, the energy necessary to do it rises up to meet you. It's beautiful. When you and I commit to something, the energy with which to do it rises up to meet us. So in other words, if you and I commit to following Jesus, truly commit to it, then the energy necessary to accomplish it is going to rise up to meet us. We can do this.
That's the first ingredient. Last ingredient, if you're going to be an apprentice to Jesus, everyone, you're just going to have to take the time. You're going to have to commit to take the time every single day. Our primary encounter with Jesus will be on the very pages of the gospel in prayer. And if you want to encounter Jesus and learn who he is, you're going to have to take the time. If there is no commitment on your part and mine every single day, I'm going to take the time to be with the master. You can never become the Lord's apprentice. You know, I, I think I've shared this with you before, but one of my, uh, uh, one of my uh, teachers of mine once said this, and it went right to my heart. He says, if you say that Jesus is the Lord of your life, but you don't actually take the time every day to be with your Lord, he's not the Lord of your life. What we devote our time to is what's mastering us. And if you want to be the apprentice to the master Jesus, you're going to have to take the time. So, Lord, where are you staying? We want to live with you. We want to learn of you so that we can, as his faithful people these next five weeks, learn really how to live just as Jesus lived.